It is the final regular season mailbag of the year for Peacock and Williamson. Kyron Williams, C.D. Lamb not getting enough love for the season they've had. Surprise coach firings. And what about some surprise playoff teams? Good and bad. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where most of the mailbag questions came from this week. As usual, hit us up there on Twitter any old time you want. And of course, we got to thank everybody out there for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Before we dive into these questions, Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Okay, I'm going to start with this question uh, about C.D. Lamb versus Tyreek Hill. And this question is from Sir Madramissimo. And he says, C.D. Lamb is having a season that's very close to Tyreek Hill. Second in yards, first in receptions, third in touchdowns, Yet no one mentions him at all in this role next to Tyreek Hill. Tua is great because of Hill. Dak is carrying the Cowboys offense double standard. So we got a double question here. We've got the Tyreek <laughs> Hill versus CeeDee Lamb, and then we got the Tua versus Dak conversation. So is Dak getting too much credit for CeeDee Lamb, and is Tua not getting enough credit for Tyreek Hill, I think is how this question goes, Matt. It's a great question, and – I'll take the easy way out right off the bat, like, oh, it's a team game. They all play off each other, yada, yada, yada. You know, but and I do think Miami schemes up Tyreek better than Dallas schemes up CD. But with McCarthy in charge, they scheme up CD better than they ever have. I mean, so they're high on that list in terms of getting their best player the football in advantageous situations. Now, I think most of us think Dak's a better quarterback than Tua in a vacuum, so that influences this a little bit, and he's you know a little more pelts on the wall, so to speak. And I think we'll all agree that Tyreek is scarier. You know, just he's the scariest in just in terms of the way he moves and threatens the defense at all levels. But that's selling CD a little short. You know I mean? He just set the Cowboys season record, you know, just toppled the Michael Irvin and he's one of the best players in the league. So this is a valid conversation. If you were doing offensive player of the year, I think Tyreek and McCaffrey are ahead of them. And then it gets pretty hard to find anyone else. When you watch the games and you watch these guys play, Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be hard pressed to find someone who'd say, "Oh man, I think uh, I'd rather have CD than Tyree Kill." You know, so exactly to start there. Tyree Kill is is unbelievable. They both move guys around in the slot. You know, some motion. So CD Lamb has helped as well with what what um, where he's schemed up and and how he gets sure. open. But the level of fear that a DB has covering CD Lamb versus covering Tyree Kill is just different. So I think that's why the conversation is different and it should be different. I think the Tua and Dak conversation, but yeah, and like you said, I mean all props to what CD Lamb did this year. Amazing Phenomenal. amazing season. Yeah. Um when you look at 
Dak and Tua. I think that's fair. I think Tua doesn't get credit for how he's facilitating the offense. And we've, I've gone through this, and I host yeah. the Lockdown 49ers podcast, for those of you who don't know. And uh, and the Brock Purdy conversation has been you know this way. It's like Christian McCaffrey, oh, he's amazing. He's the MVP. Kyle Shanahan is helping out Brock Purdy. And it's like, well, have you never seen – uh, the last 30 years going back to Shanahan running games, going back to his dad, going back to Landis Gary, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and Matt Breida and Alfred Morris. It's like, is he not helping Christian McCaffrey either? Like the Shanahan running game has always been the thing that's been amazing, you know? So it's like, oh, he's Tatum not Bell. But he's yeah, yeah. Look, great players are always going to have help. Good receivers usually have good quarterbacks. Good coaches usually have good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks, quarterbacks usually have good coaches. So at some point, you're going to find help with players who are doing amazing things in the league. And I think we're seeing this. And I love seeing how McDaniel and Tua and Tyreek Hill all work together and they all help each other out. And so I think we get too wrapped up in credit and we get too wrapped up in keeping score of who's saying what about who. And I think when you really watch the games and you really um, – you take it all into consideration. I think Dak and Tua are pretty close and they're both doing really well with their offenses and they're both, um, you know, good quarterbacks in the NFL. And I wouldn't fight you if you said you liked one guy over the other with those two. And I think Tyreek Hill is just scarier and a different dude compared to CeeDee Lamb. But CeeDee Lamb's had an amazing season. Uh, that That's, you know, I, I just think that's the the level-headed way to look at things. And, and I would, if I'm, if, my advice to fans and, you know, my son, I don't know if he's going to become a 49ers fan. We, we know we live in the San Francisco area. He probably will. Uh, his dad does a podcast every day about the 49ers. Uh, I don't know what team he's going to like, but one thing I'm going to advise my son is just. What if it's Seattle? Are you going to lose your mind? Seattle's a Ravens great- fan living here. We'd have a hard time. <laughs> Seattle's a great city. You know? <laughs> I liked it a lot better when the Seahawks were in the AFC West. There you, you know, go. You go back to the AFC West and those old uniforms, the Steve Largent uniforms. You know, I was like, yeah, I like the the, the early '90s Seahawks, right? Um, but and, and I think their new uniforms are are an abomination too. So they're just an ugly team to watch. Uh, but you know, uh, getting back to the topic at hand, you know, I, I I would advise my son don't get wrapped up in that BS. You know, follow the sport, analyze the sport, because some of the stuff that fans pay attention to. Mm-hmm. especially as far as the national media goes. And Matt, we're part of the national media here, and you know, doing a national yeah. show daily. Um, it can get really weird, that conversation, and it will, it's maddening. It will make you crazy. So that's, that's what my advice would be to Sir Madramissimo is stop keeping score with what people are saying about you mm-hmm. guys. But I'm glad that he's threw CD Lamb out there because he deserves more credit than he's probably gotten. You know, I mean, he's had a tremendous year. Um, two things I just wanted to add to that. I love that the, you brought up the Mike Shanahan, Daddy Shanahan running backs because didn't matter which one it was, you wanted that guy on your fantasy team. But it was better when it was Portis or Terrell Davis. It's a little bit better. And so having a exactly. better player helps, but it's not like they were having trouble running the football. It's not like teams are like, oh, this year we have to stop the run against the 49ers. It's like, that's what every Never pregame yeah. conversation is the, since Kyle Shanahan took over the 49ers. Well, you got to stop the run first, you know, the Shanahan running game. So um, it really a similar topic. We had a question about Kyron Williams and, and uh, maybe a lack of appreciation for Kyron Williams. So CD Lamb, a little appreciation there for the season he's had, maybe not getting talked about enough. And Kyron Williams as well, Matt. And uh, the question Let here me get is to him in one second. I got one more receiver thing I'm going to throw out there because okay. I think Tyreek's ahead of him. I think Justin Jefferson, despite his injuries, is clearly ahead of him. And then we can have conversations, you know, 
Jamal, uh, uh, Chase, Jamar Chase, guys like that. But CD's in the conversation for me. It's third best receiver on the planet right now. But I just want to recognize what Tyreek is doing this last two, three, five years. I think he's in the stratosphere of Rice, Moss, Tyreek. I mean, like that kind of stratosphere. Well, let's put it this way. Tyreek is having more success without Patrick Mahomes than Patrick Mahomes is having without Tyreek. Like as far as statistically, now the right. Chiefs are still good and Patrick Mahomes went and won a Super Bowl without Tyreek. But you look at what's happening this year. Tyreek is in the conversation for MVP, might win Offensive Player of the Year. Patrick Mahomes is struggling to find a consistent yeah, yeah. receiver to catch passes from him. So uh, he's a difference-making player. Without question. Some of that's the Brady-Belichick conversation, though, like – they both helped each other a little bit, you know. They helped each other, and then all of a sudden yeah. they, they parted. One guy had more success than the other. Uh, both guys have had success in this conversation, but it wasn't a situation where a lot of people thought, you know, the hot take immediately was, oh, well, Tyreek, there goes his career because he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes right. to right. anymore. That is not the case. Not the case. He's an all-time great. But he but- did go to another good quarterback, accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek Hill has talked about the accuracy from Tua and how good Tua is. He's a dart thrower for sure. He's a different style of quarterback than Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. But he's a good quarterback, and you can play good quarterback in different ways, and he's perfect fit for that system. And Tyreek Hill uh, loves playing with, with Tua. Um, and when you, just when, you, when you look at what these players have done and what they can do, and clearly it didn't hurt Tyreek to change teams, but it does help that he's still with a good coach and good quarterback. No doubt. He didn't go to Carolina or, you know, I mean, or, yeah. you know, some he run go to some like or, you know, Brown Jets purgatory where they still can't figure things out in you know, mm-hmm. certain positions. And <laughs> that's actually a conversation I want to talk about as well with like how teams find their quarterbacks and how uh, chaotic the NFL can be. Kyron Williams, does he deserve some more appreciation as well? Tons yeah, let's about him. The Peacock and Williamson mailbag next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. When you download the Game Time app, get a little extra $20 off using our promo code with Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You want to go to a ball game, and maybe it's last-minute, killer last-minute deals at Game Time. All-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, and see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I love the all-in pricing because the hidden fees are the worst part about buying tickets for any big event. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you ch- check out. Uh, Game Time has deals right up to the start of the event, even an hour after the event starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On. One word, Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Isn't it fascinating how the Cleveland Browns trade multiple first round picks? It's ridiculous, all guaranteed contract because they're so hard up to find a franchise quarterback, and Joe Flacco is sleeping on his couch, right? I mean, he's working <laughs> out. Right? He's, you know, he's not working out with the team. He's working out by himself in the gym and sleeping on the couch. And I'm sure some football fans were working out just as hard as Joe Flacco was in August and September. 
And he's the guy that's leading them in the playoffs, playing the best quarterback that we've seen from the Browns since they made that deal. The 49ers trade multiple picks to go up and get a quarterback, number three overall, and it ends up being the very last pick in the following draft. It ends up being the guy for them and that's leading them into the playoffs and is having a phenomenal season. Uh, and it's just uh, it, the, the chaoticness of the NFL is fascinating. And, and those that's just one of the things that hit me this week while we're you know we're talking about where players are coming from and who gets credit and sometimes it's hard to give the guy credit because of where he came from and um i've dealt with that a lot you know with the the conversation around brock purdy does he belong in the uh in the category of mvp like you know you you give you give mccaffrey all the credit you give uh you give brock purdy none of the credit right you give uh, Tyreek, all the credit you give to a none of the credit. And it's just one of those things that keeps happening. And you see it all the time in the NFL because where a player came from and what the preconceived notions are. And Kyron Williams is a player who's been phenomenal and probably helped a lot of people win fantasy leagues this year. And we got a question here from JDS is Kyron Williams that good? Or is he a product of the McVay system who creates wide holes for the running game as good as anyone? And so it kind of goes back to that Shanahan run game in the wide zone and uh, how good a lot of those run games are. It, Kyron Williams is performing a heck of a lot better than his immediate predecessors, right? So you got to give some credit to Kyron Williams for what he's doing right now, even though for some people, he probably feels like he came out of nowhere. Yeah, really interesting player because he was beloved at Notre Dame, you know, huge school, like team captain, loves pass protection, good receiver, all the little things, came on the scene as a special teamer, big-time leader on a big-time program, and had a really good career there. So I pulled up his combine numbers. You know, He was 5'9", 194 pounds, ended up being a late fifth-round pick because he ran a 4.65. You know, you can't be small and slow in this league. Yeah. And he still is <laughs> small and rather slow, but he's been a ma- massive success story this year. You know, but... I, I'm listening to a fantasy podcast yesterday and people were talking about Williams saying, well, he's definitely a first round pick in fantasy next year. And I don't agree with that. I do agree that if you drafted him this year, you probably made some money of some sorts considering where you got him or if you picked them up. And I do want to give him credit. But if it was Todd Gurley in his prime, it's the exact same offense. I bet it'd be better. You know, Terrell Davis Portis conversation, you know? Right. And, I think, and this goes back to the Tyreek Hill versus CeeDee Lamb thing, too. One exactly. thing production, what are they doing? And the other thing is, who's the better player? Who are you betting on going forward? So, like, CeeDee mm-hmm. Lamb had a phenomenal season this year. You know, Brock Purdy had a phenomenal season this year. But would you rather have um, Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen than Brock Purdy? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Brock Purdy had a better season this year, though. And both of those things can be true. And Exactly. Kyron Williams, right? Would you rather have... Christian McCaffrey or Kyron Williams? We'd rather have Christian McCaffrey, right? Uh, would you rather have, um, I don't know, name your running back that had a down year? Would you rather have? I Nick was just sitting thinking, like, Williams? what if we flopped Kyron Williams and Saquon Barkley? You know, like, I would rather have Kyron Williams for the 21st pick in the fifth round as opposed to Barkley for the third pick in the first round. But a healthy Barkley with the Rams compared to Kyron Williams with the Giants this season. I bet it would be better with Barkley right. in, in L.A., you exactly. know? Yeah, and yeah. Barkley, even if he's injured and misses some games, whatever the replacement-level player that backs him up, yeah. that full season versus Kyron Williams' full season, 
You plug him into the same system. You'd probably rather have Barkley. Kyron Williams had the better season, and it's okay for no both doubt. to be true. Yeah. <laughs> so this brings me to something I've been trying to avoid is the built bar bet. Tua had a better season than Herbert, but Herbert's still better, folks. I'm sorry. I can't concede it. And we'll see who's <laughs> later is next year. Right. So it's a perfect example. Exactly. Right. right. Drafting quarterbacks, I'll take Herbert over Tua. Tua yes. has a better season. And and Tua's maybe better. I wanted you to be the judge and jury on that. Because... Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, love, it, <laughs> love the love the built bar bet. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, I believe it's Dave, the, the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins fan, and, and Tua's phenomenal. Maybe we didn't yeah, get right. enough credit. We got to give Tua credit for how good he's been, but I would still take some other quarterbacks over him. And, you know, the bet was about Justin Herbert, awful season for Justin Herbert. I would still bet on Justin Herbert and take him on my team. And uh, I would love to see a Tyreek and, uh, and a Mike McDaniel with, Justin Herbert and see what that ended up looking like. Exactly. So think, again, exactly. both of those things are are kind of true right now, which is a great. Uh, I, I don't think the bet was who had a better season. Two had a better season. No, no. Yeah. Right. It's who is the better player. I think 32 GMs would agree with us and draft Herbert ahead of Tua. So how about this one then? Uh, this, this goes right into the next conversation about coaching changes. And there's been some conversation about what coaches maybe the Chargers might be looking at. And Bill Belichick is one of those names. And so we got a question here about Bill Belichick. And uh, Crime Dog says, do you guys see Bill Belichick returning to the Patriots next season? If so, what changes does the organization need to make to improve the talent, particularly on offense or on the field, off the field? What's going on there with the Patriots? I see Bill Belichick moving on. And I would love to see Bill Belichick in a situation like Chicago and see what Justin Fields looks like, you know, a situation like the Chargers and see what Justin Herbert looks like. So it'll be fascinating to see where Bill Belichick goes. I do think it is the end for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But if he stays, how do they fix that? Because they've been like, I feel like they're spinning their wheels. What would one more offseason even change there? I know. So this is exactly the question. I don't know if Belichick would go to Washington or Carolina, but I could see them saying, it's all yours. I mean, it's all yours. Just save us. You know, we're drowning here. If we're ranking jobs and you're Bill Belichick, Matt, and you get three offers, it's Chargers, Commanders, Chargers. Panthers. It's not even a question, right? Because of Herbert. Right. I mean, with all the cap issues and all that stuff, I mean, still at Herbert. Uh, side note, I just want to throw this out there. I do think there's a really good chance that Harbaugh, after Michigan's game this week from now, ends up in either Chicago or L.A. with the Chargers. He just hired Don Nee, I think is his name, is a well-known coach, NFL coach, agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's Tom Brady's agent as well. Yeah. And they're yep, drawing yep, yep. connections between the Raiders, Tom Brady. Raiders is the other one, yeah. And Harbaugh. Uh, so that's another interesting one as well. Um, you know, but I mentioned there too. I don't think Belichick will be the head coach next year. Now, I do want to give him credit. I think over this last month or six weeks, he's done some of his best work with – an offense that can't even complete passes and has, doesn't have their best running back and has wide receivers that should be on the street. Like they've been highly competitive based on defense and fundamentals and game management and Belichick stuff. So I think he's still coaching his butt off to be honest with you, but I do think, and I don't have any inside information and trust me, Mr. Kraft didn't consult me on this. I think Kraft is going to go to Belichick and say, we're officially rebuilding. We have a super high pick. I want this guy to be in charge of the personnel 
And I think Bill will say, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm beating feet. I'm out of here. Yeah. That would be interesting. If Bill Belichick's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to move again. I want to stay. Let's figure out quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's all, all you coaches don't give up power. You know what I mean? And Bill right, right. earned the right to make things however. Earned all the right. Even if he ends up giving up power of GM, he would rather do that somewhere else than where he's at. It's just kind of how that thing works. Mm-hmm. You'd have to move on for that to happen. The building right? just changes dramatically. If yeah. there's a new guy in the corner office that Bill has to go knock on his door and be like, thinking about picking this guy up, is that okay with you? You know, like that's not <laughs> how it works there. I mean, Everyone goes to work the same day, and they all answer to Bill. That doesn't change, you know? And it, even if he had a GM, he would hire the GM where he's got the final say. The GM finds him the pieces he wants, not the other way around. Not and I don't he, know that Kraft says yes to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want one of your lackeys. Yeah. I don't know how it already is. There's a GM, but Bill's in charge. Right, right, right. I mean, everything goes through him, whether what color they paint the walls, what they have for lunch, <laughs> you know, how they travel, all that stuff. The other thing is, Bill's an East Coast guy, Giants, Patriots. Brownies uh, for five minutes. Yeah. Browns. Bill Belichick in LA getting the team. So weird. Right. Or Vegas. You're right. <laughs> Washington silly. seems like the get, get it back to the, the hogs in Washington. You know, like that seems more logical. I'd rather, I'd rather live on the wrong coast and have a great quarterback than uh, live on the right coast and be whatever is going on there on offense and trying to figure it out with the offensive coordinators. They've tried everything. That's why I think Bill's gone. Bill would get soft on your coast. Too much yeah. sun. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up to his first press conference uh, with with no socks, showing like the the joggers with the ankles, you know, flip like, flops. Yeah, <laughs> can't see that. right. You can't wear a hoodie in Vegas. I mean, it's too hot. All right, we, uh, we move along. Actually, <laughs> a question about surprise coach firings as well, and a whole lot more. Uh, how about should teams stop fielding punts altogether? Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on all the NFL action with FanDuel. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet. So you got 150 extra to bet on NFL football, playoff games, college football, national championship, draft props, which is one of my favorite, and parlays. I'm all about the draft props and the parlays at FanDuel, not just NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball around the corner, tons of ways to bet, and even coach firings. You can bet on that as well. More on that in a minute. Uh, The app is super easy to use. Love the website interface. Build your own parlays, live same-game parlays. You can find bets with the new Explore tab on FanDuel. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup and get 150 extra to play with. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. What about surprise coach firings? I, I think it would still be a surprise just because the level of Bill Belichick, and you're talking about greatest coach of oh, all yeah, time. Yeah. And I don't think it would be a firing. I think it would be a mutual thing. And I think the Patriots would also get a draft pick from whatever team he goes to. So I think that's what the – the the all-encompassing deal would look like so it wouldn't necessarily be a firing that would be a huge surprise it was like oh bill belichick got fired the monday a after black monday yeah. yeah that's not gonna like happen. everybody else right great with uh um the, the question is and i lost the question already here uh it's it would from, be the surprise coach firings basically yeah yeah and it's like uh here we go it's from james on twitter and you know every year there's a surprise firing or two would it be like you know the bidwells Teppers is is it one of those sort of ownership groups? 
you've got a new ownership group in Washington. We kind of have seen them operate a professional franchise, not necessarily in the NFL, though. What could that look like? Um, would that even be a surprise? Uh, what are th- are there any surprises on the horizon you can see as far as Coach Smith? Well, I'm reaching on purpose because that's the nature of the question. I mean, who would shock you? So the names I jotted down, they claim they're safe, the Jets and the Saints. But is that Michael Corleone kissing Fredo on the cheek saying, I know it was you? You know, like, could they still get the axe? Right. It's like, you're safe, but you just blew it in week 18. We're not in the playoffs. Now you're not safe. Yeah, I'm, I'm reconsidering. You're done. Tennessee would surprise me. I mean, I think that's Vrabel's a really good coach, and I don't think he'd be unemployed for long. So I'm going to call that a surprise. Could Pete Carroll just say, "I'm old, I'm done, yeah. this is fun"? Yeah. You know, that wouldn't would surprise a, wouldn't me. Be a firing though, uh, a firing. It wouldn't be a firing. Wouldn't be a firing. I've got, a, I've got one, Matt, and I got one more. Go ahead, go ahead. What's yours then? Because what if Tampa be the doesn't team? win the South? Tampa. I mean, his seat was hot. I think they. Outkicked their coverage this year, but we're doing surprises. Yeah, that's a tough one because it wouldn't have been a yeah. surprise to begin the season if that ended that way. But if they make the playoffs, win the division, it would become more of a surprise because of how the season went. So that one's really interesting to me. Does that if they squander these last couple games and don't get in? Maybe like ah, I was planning on firing them all along. Let's get rid of them. Certainly, the seat much less warm than when the season started. There, I mean, you'd have to lose at Carolina though. I mean, I've got the biggest surprise one, and okay. uh, the fans of this team are calling for it after last week, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni. I almost wrote that, wrote that one down. That It'd be a huge is... shocker, but people are angry right now. Philly, that's just the nature of Philly fans anyway, but people are no like doubt. shouting it from the rooftops. Fire Sirianni, doesn't know what's going on, no answers. Uh, just watching the team play, watching the body language of all the guys on the field, it, it's kind of falling apart there at the end of this season, and they don't have much time to, to figure that thing out. So Randy Mueller is a former GM, very successful one. Him and former friend of the podcast, Mike Sando, friend of mine, they do a one podcast a week. And I heard Mueller saying this is something that GMs speak amongst themselves about more or less, that no matter how good things are, we're three games away from a mutiny. Like I use that when the Steelers lost three in a row, including to the Patriots in Arizona. Like no matter how good things are, you can be Super Bowl champ, but you lose your first three games and it's ugly. The whole building's going to blow up. You know, like three games in a row can be enough. And the Eagles are in the midst of that in a big way. And we already saw that in Philadelphia. They won, yeah. a, they won a Super Bowl, new coach, new quarterback, less than two seasons later. 100%. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that would happen, but I, that that was the almost name I jotted down was the Eagles. Like, if they lose in round one to Tampa, <laughs> you know, like what if they go to the AFC South team and lose? Oh, one and done, and and I think they're the the seat got uncomfortably warm. I it's it yeah. would be a surprise, but we're talking surprises here. Surprises here, yeah, yeah. A uh, coach Andrew uh, reference coach Dan here, and one more. Could Andy uh, Reid be like, I'm done? <laughs> Any of the old coaches? I Any guess the old coaches could. Yeah. They walked away, but firing, no, not fired. No, Carol and Reid can't get fired, but yeah. they could maybe say, yeah, this is fun. I'm done. Be a good secession there too. Um, unfortunate for. Um, Eric Bieniemy because he left because Spagnolo I think deserves some consideration with the job he's done with that Chiefs defense. Would he walk into the job and be like, "Oh man, Eric Bieniemy left to the wrong team a year early because he could have walked into the job if, if Andy Reid decides to go?" I can't say as blown away with Bieniemy as the Commanders coordinator though. Too yeah, that's true. I don't know that he enhanced his sock. 
Coach Andrew references Coach Dan here. we got a double coach question. Rush 11, never feel the punt, let the ball land where it lands, and you always get possession. What do you think? With the way that the return game has become, and this is kind yeah. of a reference to the uh, the college football playoff and, and some botched um, you know, punt returns, since nobody's returning anything these days, are you better off just letting the ball land, trying to block it, and then never muffing a punt ever? See, I thought this was really intriguing, and I've thought about it several times since then. And originally, I was like, that's a good idea, and I still think it kind of is. First off, returning a punt is way harder than anyone thinks. You know, muffing a punt happens. I mean, it's just hard. It's raining in your eyes, and three guys are within five yards of you trying to take your throat out. You know what I mean? Like, it's and the pressure's on. And Of all the you know, things, you could go out and try to make an NFL throw, and most people can't. I think even fewer people could catch an NFL punt. That is so hard. this is funny because I can't help myself. Near the end of my Football Today podcast with my buddy Roflo, Robert Flores, he now works for MLB Network. He was a talking head for the Sports Center. We used to fight about this all the time. And he'd be like, Matt, I can catch an NFL punt. I'm like, you would die. Your pretty face would get hit with this football and it would blow out your teeth and your nose would be all bloody so I'm going to give you a helmet for your own safety, but that also clouds your ability to catch this football. Maybe you're slightly more athletic than I think. And BP, I know you're more athletic than Roflo. You at least have some history of doing something sport-related. Maybe you would catch one out of ten. NFL punter, given it all he got, maybe. But not in the elements, in the stadium, with it raining in your face, foggy, freezing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And players running at you, by the way. Oh, by the way, and pressure and soft feet, you know, like the, the the footing's bad and these guys put crazy spin on it and they put this Australian kick in now and now they have like a lot of clubs in their bag, these punters, they don't just drive it. But back to the 11 thing, if you could, I think you get very few penalties as a return team, you know, it just lands where it lands, they down it. And I think there's some value to doing it 10 times a year, you know, something like that. That, probably you're going to get the team to call a timeout. Like, no. holy smokes, they're bringing 11. You know, like, I didn't play it on this timeout, no, you know. Yeah, no holding penalty during the return that actually sets you back from where the ball would have landed anyway. Right, right. You know, now I bet after you put it on tape once or twice, opposing punters would be like, well, I no longer care about hang time. I can just get my one iron out. And this thing will roll and roll and roll. You know, like you might have like 70 yard punts if they know they don't have to hang time it, just line drive it. You know what I mean? You got to have a returner back. You got to rush 10 and at least have a guy back. It's pretty gutsy. Yeah. Depending on the situation, unless, mm-hmm. you know, you're so they're punting from near the 50 or near midfield or something like that. Last note on that. I'm shocked though. As soon as I read this, I, th- I thought when the game's on the line and you're down four points or whatever and teams are kicking deep in their own end sell the farm to try to block a kick it through the end zone get a safety or you know what i mean get the ball back like in desperate times potentially throwing a hail mary or it's better than trying to catch an onside kick you know like those things don't ever convert like it might block a pot if you don't even think you're going to be able to get into range to score striking distance right. yeah there's like, like hardly any time on the clock you got no timeouts you know Google doesn't do it right yeah you could also lose the most on where you would have fielded the punt versus where that thing could roll if a punter mm-hmm. gets it out but that has to not matter in that situation right yeah yeah, yeah. 
So there's some situations I would condone it for sure. And, and just once in a while. And we're talking NFL. If we're t- if we go back to college and and high school, in high school, well, the punters school, are so bad. High school punters are bad, and returners are good. So you can make up. You're probably returning a lot more in high school. So it's probably the NFL is where it's even the most beneficial because nobody has a good punt returner. It seems like anymore. You just want a guy that can catch it. Well, if that's all mm-hmm. he's doing anyway, then what are you actually gaining? And the coverage units are are better. And if you have a shaky returner, especially, so you kind of know your own personnel. If you're not confident in your punter, don't put one back. Or I can't, I can't stop thinking about high school right now. Like, I don't watch much high school football anymore, but I used to for a living. But I do watch the local team, and some of my son's friends are good players, etc. But every time I watch, I'm like, and this it's good Western PA football. They're a good program. But the long snap comes back like this. And then some punter catches it and fiddles with it and then slowly kicks it out. If I brought 11, I think I'd block everyone. It comes out flat. But then oh, it, yeah. In high school, you put your best player back who's the fastest, and he can run around guys and score touchdowns. So I think you that's gain true. a lot of return. But value. maybe you ask yeah. that guy to return the be your kick blocker. That's true. You put your you put your best player somewhere, he'll make a difference. He'll probably, yeah. he's probably likely to block it as to return a touchdown. All you gotta do is get back there and while this dude takes forever to punt it, you'll crush him, you know. All right. Thanks for all your questions. <laughs> Apologies to the ones we did not get to. Lots of fantastic ones. And Matt and I back tomorrow. We're going to start making picks for week 18. Regular season finales, our six-pack Thursday, and then we'll finish it up Friday. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.